What's up? Welcome to Poe Talk, Episode 3, Revenge of the Chris. We are one Star Wars trilogy in. What's up? This is your co-host, Jarvi. We are three episodes in, just like Chris said. I'm excited to, you know, receive all the messages and the people tapping in and listening. Like, I'm really, Chris, I'm really surprised. I'm not going to lie to you. I am. I, I, I love that everybody is feeling the love for this podcast. <laughs> that it really keeps us going. It makes us feel like, like we're not doing this for nothing. It makes me, I'm not talking to hot air. It makes me feel... It makes me feel like a person. I am, you know, my Angelo. I am a woman. I am a man. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it, makes, it actually makes me feel like people are really feeling informed, right, from what we say. So yeah, I, I'm glad that y'all listening, that y'all taking what we say into consideration, and y'all are like staying on top and informed on politics because I see it on timeline, I see it on Instagram, stuff like that. So uh, I appreciate y'all. Yeah. I mean, we, y'all trusting the journey that we on, and we're going to keep it going for you guys and just give y'all that content that y'all want to hear. And just like I said, we really, really are excited, and we're just going to keep it going, man. Yep, keep it going as long as we can. Remember, if you want to hear us talk about a certain topic or want to be featured on an episode, just DM us on our uh, social media accounts or DM the podcast social media account uh it can be found in the bio um so i guess let's get into it so first of all i want to start off chris how was your week my week was it was kind of exciting a little bit mostly i'm not gonna lie i'm a workaholic so work Mm. is like does a lot of things going well for me in work um i'm working on like a certification right Ooh, now so <laughs> uh, big money so <laughs> yeah so please uh i hope that goes well uh i hope i end up passing the test it's a two-parter is uh i'm taking the first part in a couple of weeks and then at some point i'm gonna take the second part part and if i pass both then i get certified shout out that sound like it sound like that thing that you get that your boss don't want you to get like low-key because it's gonna Make you have to get paid more. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's nah, that's that, what it sounds like. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of the people that they really want. They really pushing to get the certification because there's there's a lot ahead for me in the company and the company itself. So uh, I'm really trying to push myself to really get it and study for it. So all these doors that I know are going to open for me just open. Shout out, my brother. Shout out. Um, I think it's cool to see black men in STEM. As I, I think it's real, real cool. We need more brothers in STEM. So, you know, yeah, this, that sounds exciting. Sounds like something that, you know, I hope that you get, bro. I hope so, too. Hope so. <laughs> so how was yours? My week, my week was, my week was cool. I'm trying to think of something that was super interesting that happened. Um, in my week, uh, my job has been real steady lately with as far as, like, work. So I haven't been able to, like, have as much free time like I like to I like to watch documentaries a lot and I did come across this cool documentary called The Black Church on PBS it's a two-parter mm-hmm. and I didn't get able to get to finish it and it's uh narrated by Henry Louis Gates uh Jr. and man dog it makes me understand why I'd be so mad like about yeah, you know about, I, I, I saw I saw that being advertised but I didn't give it a chance No you got to you got to tap in that is it's really really illuminating cuz you know, some 
PBS has the budget for this. Some can't just go all the way from the beginning. Uh-huh. Like, it literally starts from, you know, slavery, of course. Yeah. And just explains that all in the first part. And the second part, from what I'm hearing, is, uh, like, going to, like, modern history as far as, like, modern preachers, like, with Creflo Dollar and things like that. Uh-huh. And it's just the place of the black church. And it just makes sense because of, like, you know, how many of, like, black, uh, like, Famous black people from my history usually started off as ministers in the church. That was like the first place people could congregate at to talk about not just about, you know, spirituality, but as far as like politics and rights, civil rights and owning home ownership and things like that. So it's just really illuminating. And uh, another thing, your boy got an interview. So, you know, that's another exciting thing to yeah, happen that happened on my way. Is, yeah, your boy got is. an interview. So that's, that's going to be tight. But. Other than that, you know, just another black man in this in this world trying to navigate it, bro. <laughs> uh, I guess that's all we can do. <laughs> but uh, what are we getting into this week, man? Uh, let's start off since the last episode. Let's think what has happened. Um, so I think the biggest thing to call attention to is the fact that. Uh, the vaccine is starting to roll out for COVID. Yes, shout out. I can't wait to get mine. I cannot. And since all the vaccines are rolled out, I want to say daily new cases are starting to, I'm not going to say they're plummeting, but they're starting, they're on the decline. So you can definitely tell like the vaccine is working. Hospitalizations is down. Ventilation use is down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still quite high. Uh, deaths, unfortunately, are still high. Uh, but they all, all that is coming down. So you definitely see the vaccine start to work. However, since people are starting to see those signs, there are some states that are deciding to just completely abandon all measures to protect the public. You talking about our sister states from Louisiana? You talking uh, about? Uh, let's use sister loosely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, mainly we want to talk about Texas. Texas has decided that they want to remove their mask mandate and open like fully 100%. Like they go on 100% capacity at places. They have no mask. Um, so like they, they completely just said, let's go back to how everything was before the pandemic. So they're going back to 100% normal, but at the same time, they still say, do your duty to make sure you stay safe. <laughs> so I, they put that little dis- disclaimer. So why Texas be doing that bad though? Like, because I, I, I feel like Texas is one of those states that think they're, I'm not going to lie, better than everybody. No, obviously, obviously. So, like, um, yeah, like they have, like we said last episode, they have their own power grid. Um, which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> they decide to, to call their stuff, like their own stuff, like, Nothing's everything's better than Texas and things <laughs> like that. So, but in my thing, my thing about Texas, when we think about Texas, well, I don't know if it's like me being that I'm black and from Louisiana, I think about West Texas. Like I'm thinking about Houston, yeah, and that area. It, I mean, I don't, I can't speak for. I'm pretty sure East Texas is a whole different area. How they, it's nothing but desert. Yeah, huh? yeah. <laughs> I said it's nothing but desert. Yeah, like I'm, I'm sure. So it's just like why they just be doing so bad when it comes to these issues like y'all have so much power you know how powerful texas is texas is very powerful it what you know so what day we, we should go into like a whole podcast on just texas politics you know it's so. it's, a, it's so crazy yeah we should we should and I, how how much of influence texas is because y- y'all will be surprised at how influential texas is 
just because it's Texas. I got a sports plug in on Texas too, outside of politics, but it kind of is politics too. I don't know, you know. Everything is politics. No, but I got I got it really is crazy when it comes to Texas. Now that I think about it, we can do a whole episode because I don't know if you heard of um, you know, University of Texas, that's the flagship university in Texas. They have their players and they have their um, song is called The Eyes of Texas. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you heard this controversy. I, I haven't. Okay. So last year, um, their players, you know, what I call is George Floyd Summer, their players did not you know, after all, you know, when George Floyd and all every all this rectification that was coming with racial history, racial justice, and all that, their players did um, wanted things changed around the university to their liking. And if anybody knows, the players just that's their most important part of the team. You don't have players, you don't have you don't have a team. Their uh, players said, "Hey, we want to change the song and lyrics to the eyes of Texas." And of course, you know who were mad, right? The donors, the 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 um, you know, the people who went to the university, like, hey, the there's nothing that wrong with like, it. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. you know, it's similar to like the debate with the national, uh, you know, the national anthem. So, for example, the eyes of Texas. Do you know where its history uh, starts from? The first time this song was performed, it was performed at a minstrel show. Mm-hmm. That is the history of this song, the eyes of Texas. Like, if you hear the song, I wish I I, I should play it, but I'll let you listen to it afterwards. It is very just old schooly, and do you know where they got the name from it from? No, do you know, back in the day, um, I think it was it the pre- the president of the University of Texas. He had some kind of a relationship with uh, uh, Robert E. Lee, and Robert E. Lee had this saying that he told to the president of Texas. It used to be the eyes of the Confederacy are upon you. Uh-huh. So that's why that's where they got the name of the eyes of Texas. Uh-huh. He said, so he used to say it to his students on campus. And if you know anything about the history of Texas and University of Texas, they're synonymous as far as like not just with, you know, their history, but their racial history. Uh-huh. So the players want this song changed. So they literally have been not staying on the field to sing because after every game, the players sing the song or supposed to sing the song uh-huh. and it's supposed to be like this big tradition of, you know donors all that people like it black players like hey we're not doing it no more so literally it's been a fight between them so the, they they just hired a new coach they fired the last coach the last coach he actually sided with the players on this while his job was in jeopardy because they weren't performing to his standard and he got fired but i don't think he got fired because that because tom herman he wasn't a good coach but the new coach came in and they asked him about it. They said, hey, why do you feel about, you know, the eyes of Texas being played? And he was like, well, I'm going to go with the, um, the athletic director and I expect all players to sing it and all of that or whatever. Not siding with the players, not realizing that that's a recruit. That's a recruiting ploy. You need to have your players backs. Yeah. And so a lot of players actually came out and said, like one player said a donor emailed him or told him, he said, hey, if y'all don't stand for the eyes of Texas song, I'm going to uh, make sure you never be able to work in the uh, state of Texas ever again, you know, after you graduate. Stuff like that to these players. So I just find that funny that Texas is always down bad. Like, you got to tap into that history. So I think it's so funny to see how it goes and to show how much power. Usually, you know, college football is built off the backs of black men to see how much power they have. But all I'm saying all of to say is Texas be down bad. <laughs> like it's like a national anthem kind of thing where these players like I, th- I think it's crazy but it's always texas is what i'm saying it's always texas well <laughs> texas <laughs> i don't have no follow-up for that i'm i'm gonna be honest no i mean i just wanted to do that plug in 
I just feel like, you know, like you said, with Texas, Texas has a deep history of politics, deep history of racial uh, injustice, uh, deep history with, you know, hate crimes, which almost all states in the Southern have, especially with the history of slavery. But, I mean, you know, we could, we could talk about Texas. Like, how do you feel about Texas tearing down that? I mean, obviously, I know you feel, but what do you think the ramifications are of that? So, I feel like with the states... Removing these measures so quickly, they I I hope everyone remembers like there are different strains of the virus going on. Yeah, and really and truly, we hope that the vaccine can cover all the strains, but we're not sure. And as a one right now, the Brazilian strain is the oh one. Oh my god, they got a Brazilian strain. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, there's a UK strain, there's a South African strain, and there's a Brazilian strain. Oh my god, I didn't. I, no, I'm see, I didn't yes. notice. Those are those are the three major ones. And um, as of right now, the makers of the vaccine think the UK and the South African, which are also very highly contagious, um, they think the vaccine can cover them. But the one that is iffy is the Brazilian strain. And so far, there have been mentions of that in California, uh, because California is had to literally go into a, a, like a, a second shutdown. Yeah, my uh, brother told me that. A two about two months ago. Uh, so the Brazilian strain, like I said, is the one that everyone's concerned about because they they think the vaccine can cover it, but they're not entirely sure at this point. It's like a fifty fifty on their end. Mm-hmm. So that's why like the. Uh, Pfizer uh, is thinking about their vaccine. You have to take two shots uh, and they're thinking about just to make sure that the Brazilian strain is covered. They're thinking about saying you have to do a third shot. Uh, And then I know Moderna and Johnson and Johnson are saying that they are probably going to have like a booster shot because Oh my God. um, Moderna is also a two dose vaccine while Johnson and Johnson is just one and done. But they they are concerned about that. So removing these measures so quickly, since these strains are so highly more contagious than the original strain, I think you risk setting back all the progress that we've made uh, in the last six months. Yeah. And instead of the like, if everyone gets vaccinated, which Joe Biden has said that at first they they had enough for the general public to get vaccinated starting at the end of June. They got recently announced that it's probably going to be the end of May now. So that's now two months ahead of schedule. If everyone gets their vaccine shot, like they're supposed to, um, I, I think in my opinion, you will start seeing like a sense of true back to normalness, maybe towards, I say like November, December, this at the end towards the end of this year. Uh, and then for sure, like next spring, like this time next year, we probably might have like those festivals, those concerts, stuff like that. Oh my God, I miss the festivals. I miss the festivals too because I, I remember in our group message, we were talking about how uh, Festival International was coming back, but then we didn't read the fine print and said it was virtual. Oh, we had that look. I had we that. had that false sense of hope because oh, I, I was God. ready. Oh, no, no, no. If for, for, for the, re, you know, the listeners out there that don't know, Festival International is a, a year, an annual festival in Lafayette. Yes. It happens every year, and it's just pretty much like from all cultures of you know around the U.S. or the world. And, uh, as you see, it's called Festival International, and it's like the funnest thing ever. Like it's one of the few times you know Louisiana is very lax today's school on alcohol laws. One of the few times you can go out there 
and have a drink in your hand and have like a a a, a, a crawfish spinach bowl in the other. Yes, you know, or or you know whatever you want. So it's like the best time in the world, and it's four. It's four days. Yes, it's four days. Yeah. It starts on Thursday, but really everyone goes like that. That Friday night into and yeah, Saturday, yeah, that's the best days. But uh, yeah, the whole downtown area. But now, yeah. um, what I wanted to get back on with Texas, okay, yeah, like Texas, I just don't understand because if like as you see on Instagram and, and Snapchat or whatever, y'all, you know, Texas has looked open for a second. In my yeah, opinion. you know, Te- and it, yeah, I, I haven't been in Texas since um the pandemic. But it, it looks to me when I see on people, people on there been living their best lives for a little second out there. And it's like they pretty much doing um what's the thing when you basically just go out and try to get rid of what is it called? Herd immunity. Yes, herd yeah, immunity. Yeah. So like that's what they seem like they've been on for a little second. Like I see uh let me not name drop some clubs in Texas, but I've seen them like didn't the club out there lose their liquor license because they uh was past I, the pandemic? I, I think so. Yeah, so you know, they were turned up out there, but I'm I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Uh, Greg, uh, what, what's his name? Greg Abbott, Abbott or whatever. The Greg double. Abbott. Greg Abbott. I can't yes. even say the name. <laughs> no, oh, uh, he sucks. Like, yes. he, really, he really, he really, he really sucks. And it seems like every time he comes in the news, it's for something terrible. But. I like to, you know, say that he's not even the most popular politician in his state. Is Ted Cruz? So he yeah, should, I yeah. say. <laughs> You have to expect the bar is so low. Yeah. In Texas, I mean, Texas did give us Ted Cruz twice. <laughs> so, like I said, I don't expect much. I don't from, either from Texas, but at the same time, it's just like Texas. You you finna set back the entire country. Yeah. All the progress we made. I mean, but it's always Texas. So the thing I'm trying to see is okay. Will companies keep their uh, mask mandates at like their thing, like Target or Dollar General. I think I've seen some companies come out and say like, hey, we're still going to keep it. Yeah. But it's I, like, how much is that really, you know, I don't know. For me personally, I, I wear my mask everywhere I'm supposed to wear my mask. Like, mm-hmm. I take it off sometimes on the outside, but obviously if I'm around a lot of people, I'm probably going to keep it on. But I think there's such benefit to wearing a mask. Why would you do it? Because I seen a post the other day and made me not even think about it. They said, think about how your immune system has been greatly affected or, you know, in a positive way by wearing a mask. The whole 2020, I mean, thank God. I mean, I know everybody is unfortunate. I haven't felt sick for the first time in the, uh, like in one year, the whole calendar year, I wasn't sick. That was the first time in my life. And I'm thinking about the fact of the, me wearing a mask probably protecting my immune system. Yeah, so it's just like you wearing a mask, it, like you didn't inhale any germs through your mouth or through your nose, mm-hmm. uh, especially your nose, because I see a lot of people that wear a mask and they don't wear it over their nose. And it's like things, you can still <laughs> inhale things through your nose to get into your body. Right. But um, definitely the, the best protection you have against a respiratory virus is wearing a mask that protects your respiratory system, which is your mouth and nose. Yeah. So, Getting rid of the mask mandate is like the single worst thing you can do. Like as you said, I think there are some companies that still, by their choice, is going to have mm-hmm. people uh, wear masks inside their buildings and places of business. But basically, dropping that mask mandate is is like it's no longer required for everybody to do it. Yeah. So you're still going to have those those people, and then of course it's Texas, and it's heavily red and conservative. You're going to have those people that are just like. 
you know what? There's no mask. You, you don't have to wear a mask in our business. Take your mask off. We want you to take it off instead. Mm-hmm. So it's just, is Texas has set a, set a precedent that's just going to has the dangerous effect of setting back so much progress. And that's the one key thing that I'm afraid of. Yeah, I mean, Texas just hates progress. You put progress in front of them, they're like, ah, nah, we're going we, we, we're gonna to do the opposite. I, you know, I, I thought um, when I saw Biden in his comments about, you know, that's Neanderthal thinking, I thought that was hilarious. And a lot of people was trying to equate it to, like, Trump comments or whatever, saying, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you know, a lot of Republicans, conservatives was like, yeah, where's the where's the uh, woke police attacking him for calling us Neanderthals? And they're like, I mean, y'all really don't have... The y'all don't I can't use that that both sides of them with that because Trump was making fun of disabled people. Yes, he was making fun of uh you know he was he he was down bad. So you know I, yeah he's made fun of disabled people and then I don't know if many people know but the governor of Texas is disabled. Oh I didn't know that. Yes. Oh I he, didn't know that at all. He sits in a wheelchair. Yes, oh he, yes he has no use of his legs. So wow, I didn't know that. For a man that is disabled himself to support another man that makes fun of disabled people shows you what the Republican Party is about. I mean, yeah, that's poor white people to the T. Like they, they you know, they they ain't black people, <laughs> but they gonna they you know they in the same situation. Like they own food stamps too. Like I think that's hilarious. But um, Texas, Texas is down bad. Mississippi, I think we had. Um, I was reading a list earlier. We had like a long list of down yes, bad so states. While we're on, while we're really making fun of Texas, Mississippi <laughs> also has decided. I think hours or the day after, they decided that they're gonna they're going to remove their mask mandate. But I don't think they're gonna open up one hundred percent. But they are removing their mask mandate, and then there's some other states. Uh, like Alabama has decided that they are going to keep their mask mandate um, or well not keep it but extend it uh, because it was supposed to expire I think some point this March this month and they are going to extend it to, into April but it's, they're going to let it expire at the end of it uh, and then after that uh, they're going to reevaluate how things are and see if they're going to open up so yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like there are many states that's going to take the route of either Mississippi or Alabama, uh, but I think there's still going to be a couple of states that go to Texas route. Uh, and then here in Louisiana, uh, it came out uh, today uh, that there are about 33 legislatures, le- legislatures yeah. that uh, that decided to sign and send a letter to Governor John Bell Edwards. To remove the statewide mask mandate. Oh man, you knew as soon as they saw that they was on like they was on I ten trying to go to their office yeah. to go get you know write this letter to send to John Bell. But wait, we in phase three now. Yeah, we are in. Yeah, well, a modified phase a modified three. phase three because we was in a modified phase two, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I if I had to guess, I'm pretty sure John Bell Edwards is going to do it. Like he's going to lift the mask mandate by I say. I think April, to be honest. It's yeah, going to be before a major... Yeah, I, Louisiana is actually making some great progress. Um, yeah. So I, I think that probably end of April, we might have our mask mandate lifted. But we as a state is doing great, but it, it only takes a few from our neighbors to come in and then, lo and behold, we're back in phase two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but people... People are tired, and people are already doing 
things that they already wasn't sh- shouldn't been doing. Like people, you go outside, you see a lot of people still doing what they gonna do. I'm mm-hmm. not saying oh, then that means it needs to stop. No, but I'm just I I I I I foresee if more states open, even um, people who identify as Democrats or you know liberal would be like, hey, we should open up too at this point. Yeah, because you know? again, it's all about the economy. Y'all, it's oh man, that's 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 what's killing me. That's what's killing me. They 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 send us the name of economics and this is gonna help it. But they, I mean, y'all ain't even giving them no money. A lot of these people ain't been working. You talk about, oh, you know, yeah, like this is gonna help the businesses. I mean, I, I go to the store often and I don't think this is I don't think the store hurting. I don't I, think the store yeah, hurting at all. So. I mean, you could say bars. Bars are hurting. Yeah, bars and restaurants, I think, were hurting yeah. most and small businesses that that required where people like they didn't have mm-hmm. enough employees to like do delivery or yeah. do pickup and stuff like that. Those were hurt were hurting. And I think that they are the ones that really should benefit from like the stimulus package and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but there are tons of corporations that instead got a lot of help and a lot of um, cares money and things like that. Yeah. I mean, certain businesses, like for example, you know how you, you go on a website and they're like asking you to order something or whatever. And they said, COVID may affect processing, man. I'm still ordering off Amazon. Still getting in two days. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't feel like certain businesses in the beginning, I will say like the two days wasn't happening. Like and when this first hit, but now I think we probably pretty much to like, you know, even the mail was coming slower. Like the, yeah. the, you know, USPS, like, um, I think that's. I think it's interesting. It's about to be a case study for sure with Texas, Mississippi, Alaska, all of these red states opening up. But it's like, oh, we saw Florida been open for a second. Did Florida, you see? You Florida saw the never Super Bowl? closed. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Florida yeah, never. Florida closed. never. And him, I think he might. He might be the dove on him. The governor there. <laughs> DeSantis, yeah. DeSantis, uh, yeah. Ron DeSantis. Yes. Yeah. He he was the number one out there letting y'all know. Hey, we don't care. You yeah. don't care at all. I don't L- care. Yeah, literally. He, yeah. He was like that. Yeah. He was telling people, hey, if y'all want to, you know, come over here to open up or do anything, we're fine with it pretty yeah. much. And he's safe. So I think COVID um, is OK. Like Chris said, I think it's a good point to show we are making progress. And I'm really proud of that because we have lost a lot of people due to COVID or any complications. Like, it really has. Like, I don't care what anybody says. I don't want to hear. I mean, we're going to see it in, what, five years, maybe less than that. The revisionist history and saying COVID wasn't that bad. You're yeah. going to even see people. You're going to hear your uncle say that. You're going to hear your cousin. I'm here to tell you. We're here to tell you. That's COVID was just as bad as you think it was. And it was a reason we shut down how we was. And it's a reason we still need to be shut down. But I, I see hope. I'm a, I'm a, I, I do tell myself I'm an optimist. I do believe that by December or November, Y'all can start living our best lives, but we're gonna have to learn from this and get, um, you know, you know, be more, you know, up our cleanliness in stores as people in general, and learn from the benefits of wearing a mask and certain things. Like I don't know about you, Chris, I'm considering wearing a mask every winter because I love how my immune system been working. <laughs> I for, for real, like my stuff been I ain't never been this good. Like I have never been this good. And I don't, you know, I like being in my house a lot of times too. So like, I wasn't going as many places. I already wasn't going places. That's what I mean. Like, so it's I, I liked some of, you know, I liked how some of these restrictions have seen helped me show like we can do better as a society as far as like you know certain ways we you know we were already doing before the pandemic. Yeah, definitely one thing I want to see carried over even after the pandemic ends is 
when you are sick, wear a mask so you do not spread germs. Yeah. But on that note, moving on to the next topic, uh, I want to say last episode. Oh, I already know we, you're going with this. Actually, no, you don't. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not actually going to touch on that. Oh, you're not. Okay. As much as people want me to, I'm not going to touch on that. Well, are we going to touch on that? I mean, it's up to you. If you don't have to. Okay. Well, the, <laughs> the listeners that don't know. I made, I was talking about, you know, making a comparison last episode, and I was talking about, I think, surprises or something like that or whatever. I forgot why I was trying to base it off of, but it, it, it sounded like, I mean, it, sounded, it, it just, it did sound like a diss to my friends who threw me a surprise party for my birthday, and I appreciated them, but we learned, and they learned, I do not like surprises. At all. At all. <laughs> like, I'm just not, that's just not my thing. There is a video <laughs> that exists of <laughs> like us on the other side of the door waiting for him to walk in. And literally, you see the light turn on when he opens the door and everyone yells, Surprise. And it was like, Oh, yeah, get out of my house. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's like, Oh, okay. He hates us. I, I I explained another day, but I appreciated them for the effort, and I really do appreciate y'all for caring about me. But I just I, I don't you know for future reference, obviously we don't need another surprise. I'll let y'all know <laughs> what we doing for my birthday next time. <laughs> just please don't throw me a surprise party again. I don't know why, but we went our friend group went through a phrase a phase where everybody got a surprise party, and he I'm, deserves it. I'm, he wants a surprise. I'm kind of let down that when it was my turn, mine was kind of spoiled, <laughs> literally five steps away from the door. <laughs> so I kind of want to redo, but at the same time, I'm one of those people that can easily figure out when something isn't right or when someone's trying to surprise me. So I'm a difficult person to, to surprise, but just throwing it out there, I do want to redo. Oh, here you go. The people that want surprises feel like they never get surprised. The people that don't want surprises, they give them. They be like, oh, gosh. <laughs> they, <laughs> they're like, oh, man. Like, y'all could have just brought the cake, bro. <laughs> but nah, man, I, I wanted to let y'all know I am sorry since it was public. I didn't I didn't mean it for it to sound like that. That's just a comparison that came to my head. I wasn't thinking about y'all. So I want to just let y'all know. But I will that. say, look out on Pole Talk's Instagram page one day. That video might be posted. No, so on, don't do that. <laughs> be on the lookout for it. Don't do that, man. It's going to be posted in the stories. I'm not going to post it along the actual page, but pay attention to our stories. You might see it one day. Yeah, that was that was, that was funny. That was funny. But what were you, uh, I mean, like. So, I yeah, the real thing I wanted to segue to uh, was, so last episode, we were talking about how there is a congressional election coming up. Yes. So I wanted to get into our main topic for this episode being uh, pretty much a discussion on all, well, not all the candidates, but the major candidates. So uh, as I was saying, this coming, well, th- actually this month, uh, there is a election coming up. It's, it's a primary election mm-hmm. uh, where we're going to see who is going to be in the general election and possible runoff. Uh, for the second congressional district that uh, Cedric, Cedric Richmond used to occupy. Um, so that district encompasses most of New Orleans, if not all of New Orleans. And it is, it's a gerrymandered district, but it's gerrymandered uh, where it's all of New Orleans and it works its way up from New Orleans to Donaldsonville to North Baton Rouge, pretty much. So in total... There are 15 
candidates in that race. But the three main candidates that are pretty much the leading contenders are Karen Carter-Peterson, Troy Carter, and Gary Chambers. So what we want to do this episode is pretty much get into the nitty-gritty about those three candidates and like what they stand for, how we feel about them, and so on and so forth. So, um, well, Chris, I feel like you're the most well-versed in this. <laughs> so this is how I want to do it. I'm going to name the candidate, uh-huh. and let's just let the listeners, you know, you just inform them of what, you know, what this candidate stands for. Like I said. Uh-huh. I so will. I'll do right. my best. Oh, no, do your thing. I feel like you got it. Okay, um, I'm going to start with uh, Karen Carter-Peterson. Karen Carter-Peterson. So she is currently a state senator in the Louisiana legislature, and she is the former Democratic chair for the state party. Yeah. Uh, she has close ties with a lot of people in and around the state, like John Bell Edwards, uh, Cleo Fields, uh Big names like that, because, again, she was the state chair. Um, And she was one of those people that were, I don't know if many people remember Mary Landrew, but she used to be the only Democratic senator from Louisiana. Uh, She is also the sister of Mitch Landrew, who was the uh, mayor of New Orleans before Mm -hmm. Mayor Cantrell. Uh, A lot of people eyed her as to be the person that was going to pretty much retake uh, her Senate seat when Bill Cassidy ran. Also, she has been talked to floated around being uh, when Obama was in his second term joining his cabinet in some form. Oh, wow. Um, Didn't know that. And uh, she's even been floated around, not by many people, but there has been low rumbles and grumbles about maybe she might run for governor one day and be the first black female governor. Um, That would be big. I'm not going to lie, but you know, I think Louisiana's getting to the, it's getting better. It's getting it better. Slowly but surely, slowly. but we, we really are not there yet. But mm-hmm. you still nah. see the progress. Yeah. Um, but uh she is one of those candidates where uh she is I would say the traditional uh democratic politician. Like she supports like um an increase in minimum wage. Uh, environmental issues. She wants to put uh, Louisiana first. Uh, well, I wouldn't necessarily say first because putting, like, Trump has really ruined that. <laughs> insert state here or country here first. So don't really want to go that route. Yeah. But uh, she's she's one of those, like, moderate Democrat. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even actually say moderate, though. It but, sounds, uh, it's so crazy that moderate is sounding yeah, so sounds, bad at this so point. But now. it's just like, who is equated with? But th- I would say this, moderate now is not moderate then. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know exactly what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. She, she's just like that normal Democratic politician. And then, of course, since she is a woman, she uh, favors a lot of those uh, issues that surround women. Uh, so she, she definitely is a woman's candidate. Uh, so that's who Karen Carr Peterson is in a nutshell before we get into the meat of it. Yeah, I mean, she sounds like a candidate a lot of Louisianans, Louisianians would want, especially like the black Americans, because it's like that's mostly what the district she's going to represent, like the, pop, the demographics of the district she's going to represent with New Orleans and parts of Baton Rouge. Well, yeah, it's New Orleans to Baton Rouge, right? Yes. Yeah, with the district. Yeah, so... 
I think, you know, I've I've heard nothing but good things about her. And obviously she's attained so many like high public level offices. Like she sounds like the the candidate that's easy to uh market. You know what I mean? Yeah, to even she you definitely know, is. like it's palatable to palatable to white people and all that are like, you know what I'm saying, to like see that. So she sounds like a good candidate. Um, you know, just for this definitely this district. Um is this the this is the biggest district, or is it one of the biggest districts? Uh, uh, in terms of population, yes. Uh, I think it sounds so. like it. Uh, if it's not the biggest, it's just the second biggest. It's, yeah, because it sounds like it. Okay, next candidate. So, uh, who, who you wanted me to do next? You, uh, could, you could do Troy. Troy Carter. Okay, yeah. so Troy Carter is also a state uh, legislature in um, the Senate. Um, but surprisingly enough, the biggest thing that he has going for him is that Cedric Richmond is actually has endorsed him. I heard for this. the yes. congressional district. Yes. So and then rewind back to Karen uh, Karen Carter Peterson. Her big endorsement that she has mm-hmm. is Stacey Abrams. Now I re- this is all coming back to me. I've heard yes. all of this. Yeah. So that's what this is. That's what it was. Not controversial, but it was you know. Yes. So, uh, but yeah, so Karen Carter Peterson has Stacey Abrams. Uh, Troy Carter has Cedric Richmond in his corner. Mm-hmm. So with Troy Carter, he has, he, he literally him being a state senator is the highest office he's had. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's from the New Orleans area and because that's where his district is. And he, he ha- he's one of those politicians, like, he's, again, one of those normal Democrats. Mm-hmm. But he's not as well-known as Karen Carter-Peterson. Yeah. But he has served in government for a long time. I think he spent uh, time in government for the last 30, yeah, 30 years in elective office because he was a c- uh, city council member in New Orleans uh, before he got elected to the state senate. Uh, so, again... His, he's like Karen Carter Peterson, but not as well known. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then his, he supports pretty much the same, um, the same things that uh, Karen Carter Peterson does. But again, he's not as in tune with women's issues as she is. Yeah, um, not surprising. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he did say like as a member of Congress, he wants to raise the minimum wage. Make sure that everybody has access to the COVID vaccine, uh, and he is actually for student loan forgiveness. That's what I'm talking about. I like that. That's something that can. I see that you know if if you, if you can put what a candidate says they stand for on the ballot, I think that would be so much cooler. As far as like helping people, like you might not even know all you you know because you know all you see on some of these these politicians is. It's marketing, like you heard, you know, seen them on a billboard. But you know, sometimes, most of the time, people don't know what these people stand for. So you can just put what they least stand for. Somebody gonna look at the ballot, be like, dang, I like this guy. They don't even know, dude. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So, and then last but not least, uh, the third of the three major candidates is Gary Chambers. So Gary Chambers is Gary is that he is that progressive candidate, like the one that's on the far left. Side. I wouldn't even call him far left, but he's further left than Troy Carter and Karen Carter. What Peterson. they call the progressive. Yeah, the progressive uh, you know, Democrat. You know, I don't know if they even call him a Democrat socialist, like, you know, AOC. You know, it, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so he was a community organizer. So he has he has no experience in public office. This is the first time he's ran for a public office. Um, and he, is, I want to say he's a small business owner. There is a um, there's a publication out in the Baton Rouge area called the Rouge Collection. So and he's the publisher of that. Ah, okay, that makes sense on why I saw his name before he got you know known like he is now. So he he's a publisher, like he's the yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes so much sense. Yeah. So uh, since he's a progressive candidate, of course he supports like a lot of the progressive agenda. So he supports things like the Green New Deal, which uh, thinks that that wants to promote like clean air and clean jobs. Uh, he's in support of Medicare for all. Um, uh, of course he doesn't see himself. He's, he's marketing himself as like, I'm not a career politician or I'm not, uh, someone who is going to constantly be constantly be running in office and stuff like that. That's Gary Chambers. Mm -hmm. So basically the best way I can put it is that out of this race, he's like the Bernie Sanders. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like the Louisiana Bernie Sanders. Yeah. So that's 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 the best way I can put it. Yeah. I mean, I. But you know, I think if you put all those issues down for the demographics of shoot eighteen to thirty four, thirty five, mm -hmm. they would agree with everything he's saying. Yeah. Especially not saying older people wouldn't, but I'm just saying that is the the people who usually are for all of those yeah. uh, issues. So, um, like. How Karen Carter Peterson has Stacey Abrams, Troy Carter has uh, Cedric Richmond, Gary Chambers' big supporter Don't that is it. behind him is yep, I'm gonna say it is Sean King, <laughs> uh, the infamous, infamous Sean King. Uh, so yeah, that's that's bad when you put it. it well, politically, that's bad when you put it next to those names. Honestly, I mean. I mean, he's the outsider. He's the outsider running in. But, I mean, I'm pretty sure white people voting in this race, don't they like the maverick, the outside person voting? Uh, you know, I like, guess. You know, don't they? They usually they say they like it until they're like, oh, wait, this is what he for? Uh -huh. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so I take it back. So since no, we're not going to go to Sean King, Ralph. So mm -hmm. the other big name that he has behind him is, I don't even think everybody knows who she is, but she he has uh, Mary Ann Williamson. She ran Who's for pre she ran for president in uh, the primary. Oh, uh, really? Yes, uh, with Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, mm -hmm. all of them. But I'm not gonna lie. To me, she came off as like the weird, <laughs> the weird one. Yeah, because uh, I think her biggest thing is like she is an author. Uh, let me uh, kind of like get a little background because I don't want to tell y'all wrong. But yeah, she is a lecturer. An author who has published more than a dozen books. Okay, I'm pulling. So up. yeah, so yeah, she. I'm not gonna lie, she was the weird candidate. The way the way <laughs> I can the way I can best explain Marianne Williamson is like it's it's if Cleo Fields ran for uh, not Cleo Fields, uh, Miss Cleo <laughs> ran for president. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Cleo Fields. Looking on the wiki, that's the first thing it pulls up. They got spiritual. Advisor on that. Anytime somebody labeled spiritual advisor, 
I, it's almost like a guru like type role, like a Yoda. It's, it's, <laughs> she's like if if Miss Cleo ran for president, that's who oh Mary my Ann is. Like, please, if, if you have time after listening to this podcast, please look her up and oh um, my especially God. look at the stuff on YouTube. Like, she has some weird, funny things that she said. Her Wikipedia page long, like she wrote some of this. So, <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it looked like on here. Like it's it's too it's longer than some of the people that's uh, running in this race, and they seem more accomplished than her. But maybe I'm not tapped in. That might but, be somebody's favorite. Honestly, that might be somebody's favorite. I mean, all, she, for real. she's yeah, I, true. I it's, I don't know what she has written, and I have not read anything that she's written. So, um, yeah, she tapped so, in. <laughs> <laughs> Move it on. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with Karen Carter Peterson. Uh, how do you feel about her as a voter? I think she's like, like I said earlier, she's the easiest candidate to run for that district because mm-hmm. it's like the straight and arrow almost the way from, you know, for what I'm understanding or what she stands for. She's a straight and arrow, you know, Democrat that gives you what you, you know, what you need. Like you said, raise the minimum wage. She's for women rights, which is something I think is real, you know, definitely needed in this era and all eras. Um, she's a black woman, like I said. I love to see women, especially black women, in places of power, especially like the male-dominated fields like politics. And then, like you said, she made you know she has risen to high places of office. I would want to see a black woman run Louisiana because nothing better. Like black women have been holding it down for almost any other field. So she sounds very uh, you know inspiring and just. Like she sound like to me, she gonna get the job done. Yeah, she, that's what that's really yeah. what it sounds like. So yeah, she she's held like she's ran the state party. Yeah. Uh, so looking on her campaign website, she supports fifteen dollars an hour as a minimum wage. Uh, she wants to tax like the wealthiest one percent, uh, and tax breaks for big corporations. She is. I like for, that. She is for climate change legislation because she says that uh, Louisiana needs to invest more in wind and solar resources and away from oil and gas, which I do agree. Um, you know who's going to be mad about that, though, right? I know, but he, can, just, com- he can come on and defend that when it's when time comes. I, oh, yeah, I wouldn't even think about that. <laughs> that is, <laughs> but no, he, he, he down bad, too. But, you know, when you talk about the oil and gas company and white people, that's changed on their livelihoods yeah, so, for a lot of yeah, white because people. Because I remember when the Shell plant uh, out in, is that convent? Yeah. Uh, uh, announced they were shutting down? Yeah. And that was before people was blaming Biden. He yes, wasn't in the office blamed, yet. was blaming Joe Biden, and Joe Biden was still, like, an uh, entire month and a half away from taking office. <laughs> and I was just like, no, that's, you can't. You can't put that on Joe. Yeah, that's. I think the the like the oil gas prices was going low at the time and all that, uh-huh. whatever for whatever reason. Yeah, so th- that's part of Louisiana's problem is Louisiana has gotten so dependent on oil and chemical plants that they put all their eggs in one basket. And now since the oil and gas industry is kind of not kind of dying, but <laughs> is dying, uh, we got to make this switch to another energy source and. As I said, wind and energy and wind and solar are the new forms of energy that's starting to come around. So she supports legislation uh, to help Louisiana try to transition from oil and gas to wind and solar. I mean, when I think somebody made a great point about Louisiana compared to Austin, Texas, which is a booming right now because their investment into technology like Uh Austin is booming. 
when it came down, I can't remember what decade they said, but it might have been the 60s, 70s, whatever. Can't remember. They said Louisiana chose oil and gas, and it did work for them in a sense, but Austin chose technology and, mm-hmm. and placing their bets on that and, like, you know, placing that infrastructure and, you know, a lot of their economy in that. And Austin is booming right now, they say, as far as a, 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 economy-wise. If Louisiana would have just, you know, thought a little more ahead, we might have been in a different place, you know, as far as, like, My with dad. our dying infrastructure, uh, you know, what, with 50 or 49, we always trading places with Mississippi in education, so... It would have been better. Yeah. It would have been better. That's what I'm saying, you know, from my understanding. So, yeah, if the candidate is for that, and I think you said uh, she's taxing the 1%, uh-huh. you know, the rich, like, the taxes are definitely going to help, like, with, you know, roads and, you know, schools and hopefully, like, infrastructure on these buildings because we got a lot of old buildings in Louisiana. Yeah, it's just, I, like, it's, it's a lot funny of, because yeah. I, th- I was reading that our, our own state capitol building is – Falling apart. Oh, yeah, you can see the dirt off of that when you get off the chapel. Like, <laughs> like, it's so bad. I mean, not the chapel, the Mississippi, but that's, yeah, it's but, bad. Yeah, it, like, everything here is falling apart. But, um, how do you, I mean, well, you, you already said, but personally, how do you feel about her? Do you, that is that, you know. Yeah, I, I love her. She's, like I said, she she's for uh, raising minimum wage. Uh, she's for climate change reform. Uh, I didn't get to it, but she also uh, she also is for like uh, gun reform. Um, Thank God. To it's yeah to a degree. Uh, she <laughs> just wants the ban on assault weapons, um, and that's, that's she cool. and she cool. especially wants uh, assault weapons and weapons themselves out of the hands of domestic abusers and stalkers uh, of women. So that's a plus, uh, of course. Uh, if we, she's in that camp of where she wants, um, uh, direct aid, like more stimmies for people to have during the whole pandemic. Oh man. Don't get me started on that. Uh, 1400. Like, I think I seen Mitch, they said, uh, like it, it was more to what he said, but they said they like somebody asked him on Fox, do you have a concern over the extended benefits of unemployment and the $1,400 checks? And he was like, yeah, there's a concern. About that, he, you know, these people think fourteen hundred is gonna make people not go to work. That's what he was saying. Uh, yeah, and so, I was like, <laughs> "Are you kidding? Like fourteen hundred? That that's, could, that's literally chump change." Oh my god! I, to, I mean, once you get to a certain age, you know, you realize what money is. Yeah. Not saying like fourteen hundred is a lot to somebody that needs it. Like if you tell me I'm giving fourteen hundred, of course I'm taking it. But I'm saying on as far as like taking care of a family, family of two, one. This we need more. We you need uh if you want this economy to bounce back, you need more money. I think Chuck Schumer said I think it was really great. He said we need to give people an adequate amount of stimulus so it, you know we can like uh curtail a be and not be like how we were in two thousand eight when Obama gave stimuluses. So we and then we fell into a recession. Uh-huh. You know, not saying that was Obama's fault. It wasn't because he came into that situation. That was from the previous administration. But I'm saying we should curtail that because we're not. In this baddest place of that, but the economy does need that, and people need more money, and you can rectify that as far as that because people have been missing out on a lot of work, man. Like, I don't know what they think is gonna happen. I don't know what they think fourteen hundred is about to do, but yeah, and I guess they expect it to be something. Yeah, but um, also uh, she is for police reform, uh, so she wants to end mandatory citizens. Uh, Mm-hmm. In mandatory 
minimum sentences for marijuana, and she wants to legalize marijuana. Oh, and wait. you said she was a moderate. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, she. That's why I said it's just like she's moderate, but she's kind of like left of moderate. Oh yeah, but yeah, she wants to end mandatory minimum sentences and end the war on drugs by legalizing marijuana and expunging past convictions for marijuana. Uh, so, and then that's on top of the police reform too. Uh, so yeah, she gonna have a fight with, uh, Louisiana's police union. They are, they are some of the biggest gangsters in the world. Yeah. So, but remember this is, this is for Congress. So she's going to be representing yeah. Louisiana Congress. But, uh, and then of course, last but not least that she has on her campaign website is that she does believe in Medicare for all. So she does believe that healthcare is a basic human right. And that everyone should have it. So she wants to eliminate co-pays, deductibles, and premiums. Uh, and she wants healthcare to cover medical, dental, vision, hearing, prescrip- prescription drugs, maternity care, mental health, and substance abuse. Now, that's a game changer. That's something um, with healthcare. That's something that's not... It don't really... To me, it doesn't really... You don't really understand it until you get older and in the job when you start getting benefits and things like that. Like when she's saying, like what she's saying, like covering healthcare under... Not not just healthcare, but dental care and, you know, all of that that comes into that. That's, that's really important. And eye care, like that's really important because, it you know, a lot of people can't afford that. Like, for example, I didn't have insurance unless I had certain jobs. Like I was really out here you know, down bad because even with my, you know, it's just hard to get everyone covered in your family. If it just costs so much out your paycheck, which the paychecks yeah. you depend, especially if you're, you're living paycheck to paycheck, you like, you're depending on it to be this certain amount. So I think that's, you know, Medicare for all. I'm obviously like how I'm talking. I'm for that, especially like black and underprivileged families. So, so yeah, that's pretty important. So going to Troy Carter, uh, he, there are some overlapping issues that both that he supports with uh, Karen Carter Peterson, but he doesn't go into great detail as she as she did. So he wants uh, instead of saying a fifteen dollar minimum wage, he just says a living wage instead. So there's no detail into that. Um, Sound like politician talk. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no detail into it. He just says he wants to fight for a living wage, equal pay for women. Uh, criminal justice reform, and he wants to make public colleges and universities tuition free. Uh, I wonder if you mean like to Louisiana residents or not, because you know, with you know, tops change for a second. Yeah, so I'm he, wondering if he. So yeah, the thing about the, the key difference between Troy Carter and Karen Carter Peterson is that Troy Carter does not go into detail uh, as she did. His is more vague so to speak because mm-hmm. um, that can easily be switched later. yeah so he i mean it's he, all, yeah. he's kind of like not he's not promising specifics so he's trying to keep it general so he so people won't say it's like oh this is a broken promises yeah right so um going on he says he wants to fight for environmental justice flood insurance and protection for people hit by hurricanes and flooding uh and then he wants to support more economic development for small businesses. Uh, so that's what he stands for, or at least is what his uh, website says it is. Um, There's some good things on there. Um, some good things on there, honestly. So Yeah, so yeah. like I said, he, he doesn't go into the specifics as uh, Karen Carter-Peterson did, did again. 
But um, I, like I said, I think it's because he doesn't want to tie himself down into specifics. So if he if something happens and he can't deliver on it, uh, people won't come for him. I got you. I see you, Troy Carter. Uh, so again, since he was so vague and so general, there's not really much to talk about there. Yeah, I, I mean, just like we gave we gave her tw- like almost twenty minutes. Yeah, because so, she has yeah, so she, much yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah, she's so detailed. Yeah, like that's why I was like, man, like she just sound like somebody I need to vote for, be around. Like she yeah. just makes me feel makes me feel safe to vote for her. Like that's my main thing to telling people. Like you don't like what's going on in your local elections or, or around your local, you know, city. Vote for people that represent something like that, you know, like rep- they vo- represent the issues you want. Like go on their website, see what they represent, because all y'all have Internet at this point. Yeah. Internet, not a thing, not 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 having Internet is not a thing. So uh, and then last, like I said, last but not least, Gary Chambers. So his big <laughs> thing is that he's like I said, he's a proponent for Medicare for all. So it seems like. On his website, he's making healthcare the cornerstone of his campaign. Yeah. Uh, so he goes into saying how Louisiana's right is ranked 45th in healthcare, uh, according to a 2020 study. Uh, so he wants to get more funding for Louisiana healthcare, uh, especially with the pandemic going on. Uh, so make sure like Louisiana's get proper healthcare for after the pandemic. Um, he wants to go into uh, maternity health. Um, what is what else? Uh, pretty much looking at it, he's he's yeah, he's basically in the same model of uh, of the Medicare for all, just like Bernie Sanders and AOC. That's what it seemed like. He's uh, he has a similar template to that. And yeah, so know, and um, you know, because for much she wasn't you know. Uh, she didn't have any political experience when she ran as well. Yeah. And I could easily see him sliding in being next to her. And um, so, yeah. You know, so, yeah, he's members. all about mental health, funding community-based health centers, uh, eliminating racism in uh, Louisiana's health uh, industry, uh, reducing maternal and infant uh, mortality. Uh, when it comes to crime and law enforcement, uh Decriminal, well, demilitarization of police. Uh, so yes. he's he's <laughs> part of that defund the police movement. Um, that doesn't have the same ring to it as defund the police. When you say demilitarization of the police, is yes. it's like a, it's like you know, you, somebody asking what that means. Like if you, as you've seen, most people have seen his videos. I'm pretty sure he can go into some great, great detail. But yeah. I wanted to comment on what you said. It seemed like he's really into environmental. Um, issues. I remember watching some of his videos on his Instagram. I remember him. One thing that struck with me, being for that, I'm from North Baton Rouge. He was very much a proponent of less, less stop bringing so much of uh, like you know, Exxon has been in North Baton Rouge for I don't know how long years, but it's years, but it pollutes a lot of the air. Yes, and he makes a point that there's only black people that usually live on this side. You know, they may work at the plant, but like that live there, they you know, we don't know the effects of Exxon and a lot of those, uh, you know, they dump a lot of stuff on North Baton Rouge. Like, mm-hmm. you don't see that on the other side. It's a lot of, um, you know, factories and things like that of that nature. Very industrial. Yeah, very industrial. And it seemed like it does on the north side. So one thing I do agree with him, and I, I like that he, uh, you know, he'll 
you spread light on that, the fact of that has an adverse effect on probably African-Americans, maybe development as a, you know, mm-hmm. from an infant, you know, who knows what that does breathing in that air. Yeah, it causes that, things like asthma mm-hmm. that can lead down the road to cancer, right, things right. like that. So I, I think that's important, and I, I do like that. That's the issue, you know. But, um, yeah, along with his environmental uh Issues. He also, like Karen Carter-Peterson, supports marijuana legalization, uh, wants to end the war on drugs, uh, and he also wants to put a lot of uh, money into education and opportunity for people in Louisiana. Like on his website, he says, Louisiana ranks 45th in education and 49th in opportunity. Let me, let me ask you something, Chris. Uh-huh. How do you feel about community activists like that running for political office? Like, does it usually end well, or do you think it's, like, in good faith? Or I mean, not good faith, but do you think it's the right avenue for them to move it, into? It, it definitely can be, because uh, if people will remember, that's how Barack Obama got his start. He was a community yeah, activist true. out in Chicago. And, like I said, he community activist uh, turned community organizer. Then he ran for the Illinois State Senate, then became senator, and then president. So uh, that's definitely a route that people can go. And then I feel like community organizers, they have more, they are more in touch with people mm. and the community. But at the same time, a community is only so big. Yeah. And that's one of the cons. My thing with community activists or activists in general when they run for public office you can't, I think, in my opinion, you can't hold the same expectations for a politician to a community activist. Activists go for a lot of social and civil issues. Not that much dissimilar to politicians, but politicians gotta do gotta run across the aisle to do a lot of the yes. things. Like I'm not so, I'm a big thing. I'm not I'm not political purity, depending on your view of it. Like if somebody does something one thing wrong, which y'all do a lot, yeah, uh they do one thing wrong or something you disagree with and you off their candidate. Yes. When it comes to politicians, you cannot. There are some things they will vote yeah, for so, that you yeah, may you, not agree with, and they, I think that's interesting when to see that community activists go to politicians and the ex- expectations like how that changes and is subverted. You that's, know? Yeah, that's one of the things that people are talking about with moderate Democrats and progressive Democrats is mm. that progressive Democrats cannot get elected everywhere because not every every state or every district is. That progressive, yeah, right. Uh, there, yeah, there are some some local areas like where AOC uh, got elected that are that progressive, but most of congressional districts and areas where Democrats run are moderate. Uh, so there's a lot of give and takes. And now I think now that AOC is in her second term as a representative, I think she is more in tune with that. It's like she has to sometimes give and take. Oh yeah, like uh, they're, they're like. She's she's a radical in the party, uh, but I don't want that to be a negative term uh, attributed to her. But sometimes people like her have to remind the moderates like this is what we have to fight for at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you can't let it be known that just because this this far left thing that is going to be also good just because it got turned down or it got. Some things got cut out to be compromised with, with other things. That doesn't mean like the fight is over or, uh, things are just it's just the end of the world. You have to realize, 
part of politics is giving and taking and compromising. Right. I think that's the best way to put it. But I will say, she is high off the people. Did you see Jews in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the Black Messiah? That was my favorite part. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I think, you know, that is what people, politicians should do. They are working for you. You are paying taxes. You They are working for you, and that's something they should remember a lot of times that they forget. You know, they get so high and mighty. Yeah, and because there, you know, there are definitely some people that become leaders and believe that leaders don't answer to anybody. Yes. But you always have to remember that, first and foremost, a leader answers to his people. Yeah, or her people. Yeah, you are working for us. It's supposed to be for our actions, not corporate interests. But yeah, that is a thing. So, so um, I, a, a lot of looking at Gary's website, a lot of his stuff overlaps with uh, Karen Carter Peterson's. Believe it or not, like he also mm-hmm. is for student loan forgiveness, uh, more investment in higher education, um, the 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 Green New Deal. Um, Let's see what else. Um, he wants to, believe it or not, uh, recruit and retain black male teachers. So that's a plus. Uh, yeah, that's great. He wants to fully fund HBCUs. Um, let's see what else. Um, did I say legalize marijuana? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's so. what you want, Chris? <laughs> I couldn't remember if I said it just, nah, just that cool. quick. That's cool. That's uh, oh yes, he wants to invest in infrastructure, like you said. Yeah. Since, since Louisiana is falling apart, I just feel like literally. I don't know if he is. I think he's from North Baton Rouge, so a lot of those issues that I see around my community, I think uh-huh. he's for. As far as like what I was, you know, that's why I said like what I said. I was like, I'm probably to me, I'm, I know, you know, I know you have your feelings, but I'm probably voting for him off the strength of you know similar issues and ideas. I do think Karen Carter Peterson is. To me, the best person and probably ultimately will win. But I'm still might throw. I mean, I'm pretty sure I might throw a vote to Garrett just because I like what he's standing for. I like seeing that he took that risk. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So now that we've kind of like gotten what each candidate supports, how do you think they're going to feel? So um, going back, I just closed my phone. Um, <laughs> so. The special election, the primary date is March 20th. And then the general election date, if if it is needed, uh, is going to be the 24th. So Because the candidate the, needs 50% in the yeah, special so, election. Yeah. So, yeah, the way it's going to work is, like, everybody's going to go and vote on March 20th. And if nobody gets um, more than 50% of the vote, then the number one and number two will go into a runoff uh, and that runoff date will be the general election date on April 24. So that's how it's going to work. April 24th or March 24th? April 24th. So yeah, March 20th is the primary date. Yeah, I got it mixed up. Uh, And then if nobody gets over 50%, then on April 24th, that is when the two are going to go head and head and see who's going to get to win the seat. Okay. Um, I'll just throw that out there. I don't think any of them getting fifty percent. That's just my. I don't know over fifty percent. I really don't. I I don't know if people are tapped in enough to the election as for my like people are people think about stimmies, but I don't. You know, it's very soon now. What is March fourth? So that's a little over two weeks from now. I I I do think Karen Carter Peterson uh, Peterson she should probably win. 
but I don't know. So yeah, I was I was gonna say getting into um now that we're getting towards the end of the episode, getting into what do you think will happen in the race? Because for me, I think it's an uphill battle for Gary. Yeah. Because he he is from Baton Rouge. And most of the voters are in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So, because I don't know if you've noticed, but he's been spending a lot of time in New Orleans. Oh, no, I've seen him on his Instagram a lot out there. And at first, I was confused. I had to remember that a lot of that district is, I mean, the district is in New Orleans. Like, it's yes. gerrymandered to crazy way. Like, crazy. The fact that it extends over here. Like, it's pretty crazy. So, I mean, I think he's doing the thing that he's trying to do. I see a lot of promotion videos, him walking throughout there, talking uh-huh. to people, you know, doing it like, you know, just hyping it up. And his most of his fan base, as he knows, is on social media. So he's making sure to post it. And I saw one. It was like a little cute video, like a little girl. And I think that was in New Orleans. And she, like, cried because she, like, knew who Gary James was. Yeah. Was so, you know, and I thought it was cute. He's doing things. But I think, like you said, he's going to have problems as an uphill battle with no political experience. No, um, it's like really large backing from like a high political uh, presence, like a, a Stacey Abrams or a, a Cedric Richmond. But I, you know, if I if I was a bed man and I was like going on the underdog, man, I can win some crazy money if I bet on him, True. like because, because you don't know what's gonna happen. His his biggest his biggest thing that's going for him right now is social media. Yeah, like that that is his key strength. Uh, and his key way of getting votes is through his social media presence because that's the one up he has against the other two. Uh, the other, Troy Carter and Karen Carter-Peterson are more so those traditional, let's run ads on TV, let's do on the radio, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They have a social media presence, but it's not as strong as Gary Chambers. I'm not following them on Instagram. I'm not saying they, I just, yeah. I, I just you know, you're not calling out yeah. Connie enough for me. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we really got to see in New Orleans. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I I don't I see Troy Carter coming in pretty much in third place, uh, and I see pretty much on April twenty fourth it's going to be Gary and Karen. Uh, so but, Gary and Gary and Karen. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to come down to be between those two. Uh, so, uh, we'll see. So, yeah, I, I, I hope, I hope Gary does do well, but I, I don't, I don't know if he will, you know, I hope he does. I just don't know if he will. So, uh, but yeah, I really do think that it's going to come down to Karen Carter Peterson. Uh, she, I think she's going to be the one that wins it. Uh, and believe it or not, she is actually the person that I'm going to vote for. Wait, she's she's gonna what? She's gonna she's gonna be the one that wins it. Oh, okay. You saying, but you're voting for her? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm not surprised. Like she has her her uh, track record is stacked. Like I like she's women, and like it's so messed up because it's like Hillary Clinton. Like she's so it was so overqualified to be president. She, Karen Carter Peterson, she's overqualified for this position. She should probably be in Joe Biden's cabinet. To be honest, like she's that qualified. So nah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you. I'm not surprised, honestly. Um, I do want to see Gary. I like to see like different things happen in politics, and I think that might galvanize some voters that we never have. Because let's be frank, a lot of people not about to come out and vote like they're supposed to. Like, and when it comes to March 20th, a lot of people don't. 
But, and as a side, y'all should vote. Go vote March 20th. Yes, please. whether it's a general election or primary or what. Whenever you hear that there is something going on where you have to vote, please go and vote. Yeah. Because you don't know how important that is. As Like I said, as the 2016 and 2020 election should have taught you that every vote counts. Go vote. I mean, go vote. And I think... You know, I want voters of our age to be, you know, more active, like, all the time. Like, I just want y'all to keep being active as voting because y'all keep saying, oh, they got the same old people or older people in camp, you know, it's politics and all that. Go vote for who you want to be voting for. To want, I mean, for who you want to represent you. And that is the most important thing, you know. Just stay with, stay being active in your community because it affects you, affects your children, affects your grandma, affects all of those people around you and the decisions that are made for you. So, yeah, save that date, March 20th. That is when this primary is going to happen. Vote for your preferred candidate and may the best candidate win. Yes, sir. So uh, we're going to close out on that. Um, thank you all for listening. We're going to keep, you know, giving our child, giving poll talk, you know, the run that it needs because y'all love it. And I appreciate y'all for listening. Um, like I said, this is your co-host, Jarvi. And this is Chris. Submit those topics that you want to hear. If you want to be a guest on the, on the podcast, please let us know. After that, peace out. All right.